amazing special millennial guests and as we continue our season three we will not disappoint i want to say thank you to my family and my friends for supporting for supporting the show the movement the literature the nonprofit. and for those of you who are new to me welcome Welcome to this tribe. Shout out to Dre. This is my brother, DeAndre. We go back, way back since middle school. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share, repost, create a watch party. Let somebody know we're doing a special free webinar on Ready, Set, Real Estate. You see, this is why I say stay connected. You never know what I'm willing to give. Give. I am willing to give to you. So I am so, so happy and excited about what is happening with the show. As I said, we're on season three. View the archive if you haven't. We covered Farming Hemp on the last episode, which was the first opening episode of season three. We covered Farming Hemp, the cannabis industry, and learning how to legally run a weed business. It is the green breath sweeping the nation. So I want to thank my guest, Tariq Bay, and Mr. Gathers for joining us on that show. And today, I've got uh, something special. Shout out to the coach, DP3. That is my coach, my real estate coach, high performance coach, the top producers, real estate professionals, and really industry professionals. If you're a sales rep, you got to get connected with the coach, DP3, on IG. Make sure you stay connected. He hosts seminars, webinars, workshops, and conferences throughout the year. If you want to up your game, get connected with David Plummer III, who's also title rep at Stewart Title. Okay. Uh, today, I wanted to do something different, <clears throat> which is actually give you a free webinar, a free how-to. Why? Because I'm noticing in the industry, uh, you know, we take for granted what we think people know or how to do. So no more, no more taking for granted. And we'll uh, start by saying, welcome to the free webinar as part of the Ready, Set, Real Estate webinar series. Do check the schedule. There is a monthly webinar happening every third Saturday of the month. I think some powerful information where I will have the opportunity to do those webinars live. I will, if you'd like me to come out to your organization and present them live for your industry professionals, I will. And I'm happy to do that. Feel free to get connected. So I wanted to share just a bonus today, which was a webinar we had done at the start of the year. And it actually went hand in hand with my fifth publication, which is just fell out of escrow top five reasons a property does not sell oh just a quick message from our sponsor we'll be right back and yes this book is actually you can pick up a copy direct if you're local 
uh, you get a signed copy if you're local, or if you're on, uh, if you have accounts with Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and at over 70 online retailers, grab a copy. Just for a lot of escrow, uh, top five reasons a property does not sell. I give some great gems away, and I think everything I offer is some real estate gems because a lot of my transactions have not been the easy transactions. So it has stretched me, challenged me, forced me to grow in ways that I am now grateful for, that I have now put my experience uh, into webinar formats, into book formats, into uh, real estate content and shows. So I do want to say shout out to our radio podcast listeners who are listening to this segment as a replay. So Facebook Live and Instagram Live. I'm actually testing the Instagram Live feature because uh, I normally don't do Ready, Set, Real Estate live on Instagram, but today's the first time. So we're testing that out, which I'm really excited about. And so I want to, in honor of the book release, I want to give a free webinar that I actually offered. And it's called Just Fell Out of Escrow, How to Save the Deal. And um, let me just adjust my talk boxes is what I want to do. Great. All right. So... I want to say that, so for most folks, when in escrow, let, let me just cover what is escrow, actually, because uh, depending on where you are in this world, uh, in, in this part of the country, escrow is a third party that handles the transaction. Uh, once you have accepted offer, they handle the exchange of documents uh, and records and the financing or the money or the funding. So they are the middle person, if, if you will. Uh, they are to be a neutral third party that is assisting and managing that transaction with the uh, team players, which is the listing agent uh, and, and or buyer's agent, depending uh, if there is two brokers involved. So yes, only one broker can be involved in the transaction, which means they're representing both sides of a deal, which is called dual agency, also known as double ending, right? So you're representing both uh, listing uh, seller or buyer as a selling agent. So we're all about terms and concepts. So I wanna make sure you have the proper terms. The seller is represented by the listing agent and the buyer is rep represented by the selling agent, also known as the buyer's agent. And so when you're in escrow, uh, I wanted to point out that most folks will come to me or come to our team and say, hey, do you have an REO list? Do you have auctions list? Do you have short sales? Everyone's looking for real estate deals. And what inspired me to write this book is because most folks are missing opportunities for deals right in front of them. And those are the just fell out of escrow deals. Just because a property ends up under contract and is in escrow doesn't necessarily mean it will close. Uh, it's not closed, it's not sold until we have keys and commissions. <laughs> we get keys and commissions up in here. So most people get excited, which you should, I still do. I still like the newness of getting an, an offer accepted, uh, moving into the next phase, which is uh, under contract, getting into escrow, and then executing the terms and conditions of that contract. So I wanted to share that according to Trulia, about 3.9% of sales fell out of escrow. And that, that was as of 2016. So 3.9%. That means you still have an opportunity to purchase that ideal home, that ideal buy, that ideal investment property. Why? Especially when you have influences like shifting markets and rising interest rates, or I should say fluctuating interest rates that can at any point be these wildcard variables that will impact a deal and make it go the other way around. So just a little bit, of, little bit about me, <clears throat> just to give you background, and for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, <laughs> welcome. My name is Lisa Porto. I, I am a licensed California real estate professional. Current brokerage is Team Equity LA based in Inglewood. We are a boutique firm serving the community for over 30 years. I am known by my trade, trademark, which is super agent. That is my federal registered trademark. I'm an international speaker. I should say international speaker, public educated 
uh, public educator. And as of date, I have five books published internationally. I'm an award-winning author and super agent with accolades and things that I've done uh, in support of the community, the advocacy and the, the literacy of real estate. And that work comes from the books that I've done, uh, being a proponent of just uh, helping those who are seeking to close that wealth gap and mend it with personal prosperity. I am also founder of Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation, which is this country's first real estate focused nonprofit organization, which focuses on real estate literacy terms and concepts. And you will hear me intentionally say that word literacy, literacy, literacy. Why? Because in the work that I've done over the past couple of years, I have found that not everyone wants to do home ownership. So we have to be very careful about saying that we are proponents and advocates. And I think as a professional, for me personally speaking, I'm careful when I'm using these um, multimedia transmission platforms to discuss real estate, that I'm very careful and sensitive that not everyone wants to do home ownership. Not everybody wants to own real estate. So what I'm a proponent of is real estate literacy. I'd rather you make those decisions on knowing versus not knowing. And that even comes with your rights as a renter. So landlord, tenant laws, uh, there's, there's a whole thing around that. And that's another reason I was inspired to do this webinar is because I see locally here in Inglewood, there has been this emergency moratorium on rent hikes. So when you see things happening like that, this is a cry for people saying, hey, we're having, we're in a serious housing crisis. We're being impacted by gentrification, development, et cetera, et cetera. And the people are crying out to say, how do we put a stop to it? How do we not snowball into increasing homelessness? So this is why, Again, my position will always be an advocate of real estate literacy so that people can make informed, intelligent decisions. And so now I'm opening this, I'm opening this up to everyone. So I'm not specifically saying this is only for agents, this is only for buyers, this is only for sellers. I wanna share the benefits of learning how to save the deal, especially if you're in a real estate transaction or you're in the industry. And by the way, this book actually is dedicated to you, the, the industry professional, the seller, the buyer, the prospective seller, the potential buyer. This book I dedicated to you so that we can actually create an environment where we're operating in tandem, uh, we're supporting one another, we're operating ethical, we're, being, uh, we're, we're staying in those guidelines and fine lines of, of what is legally right uh, to get the deal done, especially when we start to see market shifts and uh, an industry that is quote unquote saturated with industry professionals and who don't know how to carry themselves through a shifting market. And people tend to be susceptible to creating, uh, committing fraud. So this is one of the reasons I wanted to come out and do this is because <clears throat> it's a much, It's I, I'd like to see it more and you know the quote, uh, be the ch see, be the change, become the change you want to see. And so that's what this is for me. Everything that I do is because this is what I want to see in my existence. And if it needs to start here with me, I'm so happy to do it. And as you can see, uh, going to close to 200 episodes in, using all social media platforms to get the word and, and information out there, you can see that um, I, I, I uh, walk that talk. So... Benefits to learning how to save the deal. So if you're a seller, the benefit is achieving the goal of selling within a specific, specified time, time frame, right? So more than likely, uh, sellers have a timeline of when they need to move. They've got things they want to do. Uh, they have, especially when there's large increments of money involved. So albeit that's an upgrade, that's a downsize job relocation, there's a life event, there's an ailing, ailing parent, uh, there's a death, a new marriage, uh, divorce, new babies, growing family. And, and this is why for me professionally, my business, I'm not concerned about market shifts because I know my clientele that I cater to are those that are having life events that trigger real estate need, which are those examples that I just named just now. The benefits to a buyer in saving the deal, they don't waste money on inspections, reports, and appraisals. And I'm actually gonna share with you some cost savings opportunities when you're looking uh, in this specific pool of properties. 
and for agents, if you're an industry professional, you look like the star that got it done. Clearly, we don't jump into escrow with the intent of falling out of escrow, things falling apart or canceling and people losing their deposit or refunding deposits and having spent money like that's not the intent for us to get into escrow. However, we sometimes experience that in our transactions. So this is why this is uh, a space where I'd like to address some ways we can get through that. Okay. So <clears throat> let's talk about uh, escrow and BOM, BOM as in back on market. So if you're taking notes or you're catching the replay, uh, the word, the acronym BOM stands for back on market. And I'll come back to that. So as I mentioned with escrow and settlement, so depending where you are in part of the country, they handle it with escrow services, third party uh, companies or title companies. Or if you're mainly on the East Coast, you also know uh, you know it as settlement. And settlement is the same thing. It's getting buyer and seller to trans assisting buyer and seller transact or complete that exchange between property record, property itself, and transferring it in exchange for money. And there are things that have to happen in between that. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out is knowing the difference between an independent escrow company versus a non-independent escrow company. Do know that in real estate, everything is negotiable, including the escrow services. Oftentimes we see that sellers, uh, I wouldn't say sellers, but listing agents would like to, uh, they would prefer negotiating their escrow companies, their title companies, their vendors, et cetera, et cetera. Do know if you have buyer's representation, such as a selling agent, uh, or a buyer's agent, that that agent can negotiate those vendor services. I just don't give it up all willy-nilly. It's a negotiating point. So it allows me to get something in exchange for that. So if I say, yes, you can have the escrow, I may negotiate and say, I want our title company. Uh, if we say, yes, you get escrow, then we want you to pay X, Y, Z. So those things, are, those things are important is to learn that you have those negotiating opportunities with that line item, it's a specific line item on the contract. So make sure you're using that to your advantage. I can expand more on that outside of that. And again, I will share if you need, if you'd like for me to consult with you on your transaction, I'm happy to do that. Make sure you reach out. Uh, you can send an email directly at lisa at lasuperagent.com. There are tons of people that I've been consulting, assisting, referring uh, to, uh, you know, qualified agents to assist them with their transaction. And I'm happy to do that uh, with you as well. So back on market, uh, I brought this up because it's also what just fell out of escrow is known as. And you will see it actually, if you type it in Zillow, Google, and you just type in just fell out of escrow, properties will come up. If you do BOM back on market, properties will come up. And the reason why this is important, especially if you're a buyer and you're looking for those pool of opportunities and those cost savings opportunities, you may want to pay attention to those BOMs and the DOM. So the DOM stands for days on market. Why? The longer property sits on the market, the more incentive a seller has with negotiating your terms and conditions. So be mindful. Uh, ideally, the ideal time to sell a property, which you'll get multiple offers, depending on how it's strategically priced, is usually between the first 10 to 14 days. If you don't see a property move by then, uh, what you can do is submit an offer that uh, starts the conversation is what we like to say. You got to start somewhere. So I know for those of you who are listening to me on the radio podcast, you can't see the visuals. But again, you can definitely subscribe to the YouTube where you will actually see the video and the slideshow. So I'm actually doing a slideshow because this is a webinar that I'm doing as a free giveaway. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here's a snapshot actually, and I pulled this out of our MLS database, which is known as the multiple listing service, the multiple listing service. So this screenshot here is actually, hey, Haley Divine, this screenshot here is one that says back on market. And you'll see in the remarks, and I'm also on Facebook Live at my LA Super Agent page if you haven't subscribed there as well. Uh, again, this is why I say stay connected, you know, stay connected with the lives and the YouTubes and whatnot, because uh, if you're visual and I'm doing a free webinar in this instance, you get to see the presentation. 
and see how this is real, real properties, real descriptions that say BOM back on market. And this one I have highlighted uh, the remarks as back on market, buyer couldn't perform and reduced, reduced, reduced. What are they talking about when they say reduced? Talking about they reduced the price. <laughs> They've reduced the price. Uh, my next slide, there's another example. Back on market, buyers were unable to perform. Their loss is your gain. I always laugh about agents, you know, how they do property descriptions and these remarks. It, it, it fascinates me. So here's another example where in the property description, there's just fell out of escrow. And it says literally just fell out of escrow with about four exclamation points. And in the agent remarks, it says property just fell out of escrow. Seller is very motivated looking at all offers. So again, these are that the, these are the pool of opportunities that people are missing up. Why? Because no one's told you to look there and you're just you're parroting what people say with saying, I want a for, foreclosure list. I want to buy REOs. I want an auction property. I want to do short sale uh, probates. There's tons of opportunities in off market uh, listings that are available that you can purchase from and find the deals. And I would say the deals that are actually the great deals are the ones where everyone wins seller, buyer, agents, the universe. Win, win, win is something we want to advocate for. So another example, this is a beautiful in Rancho Mirage, California, beautiful pool home. It says back on market, just fell out of escrow. So this is an example where actually they use both terms. And this is, uh, I use that screenshot and those, those examples because I want you to see that these really do exist. These are opportunities. Um, so if you're a buyer, so listen up, take notes. This is a gem right here. How do you use inspections for cost savings? Uh, you can use those inspections for cost savings if you're a buyer. Why? So typically in a transaction where property is fallen out of escrow, is back on market, oftentimes it has to do with what has been disclosed or revealed about that property. So meaning a home inspection was completed. And I'm just going to do a valuation on single family to four units that can run you as a buyer because these are your out-of-pocket costs. That can be anywhere from $300, $350 to $1,500, depending if you're buying four units or uh, multi-units, um, multi-single multi family. So there's a value right there. What can you do with a property that's already fallen out of escrow? Your agent, if you have representation, you can ask for a copy of the home inspection report if they have it on file. Usually they will have it on file. Why? Because the previous buyer who was in escrow used that report to negotiate repairs. They wanted things fixed. They wanted things addressed. And sometimes it may be too much for the seller to do at that specific time. They may not want to do it. And they may be disclosing that the property is being sold as is. So here you have an opportunity to jump in a transaction that has fallen apart. You've come in or not even you don't even have to even actually get into the uh, acceptance or in escrow. You can reach out to the agent, which I've done. And I say, if you have the home inspection report on file, would you please email it to me so that I can review it with my client, my buyer client, my investor client, so that we can take a look at what was already done. And if it's a reasonable, good home inspection, you may not want to spend the additional funds to do another inspection report. But again, this is your due diligence. And all of this as a buyer is part of your due diligence. So right there, you saved, any, saved anywhere from $300 to $1,500. Boom. Savings. The other opportunity you have in cost savings when purchasing, and this is albeit you are doing it for the first time or you're going to do it next time, there's the appraisal. So appraisal is an out-of-pocket uh, out cost to you, buyer, to you, investor. <laughs> so here's there, there's your down payment. And let me, just, let me just say as a buyer, let me itemize what your out-of-pocket cost will be. Uh, your credit report, when they run it, some lenders will charge you for that anywhere from, I would say, 20 to 40 bucks. More than that is crazy. Uh, <laughs> have your lender eat that cost. Um, no, they're going to be mad at me. But some of them actually do pay for it if you do the loan with them, right? So those are the questions you should ask. So your out-of-pocket is your credit report when they run your credit to prepare for your uh, pre-approval and your TBD approval. The other thing is your 
uh, down payment and your closing costs. Do know per the contract, your closing costs, your closing costs is not a contingency of the transaction. So what does that mean? If you don't have enough money to bring to the table and you have an accepted offer, you risk losing your deposit. So it's very, very important that you cushion some savings for the closing costs. One of the examples I use for closing costs, hey, Wolf of Broad Street, glad you're chiming in. One of the examples that I use uh, for closing costs with the youth, I say, hey, when you go to the store and you buy a bag of chips or you go to the store and you buy a game, shoes, clothing, uh, you know, I ask them to give me an example of how much those things would cost. And they say, oh, 199, 200, 400, 500. And I, I love the youth because they know how much those items cost. So I relate, relate this example uh, to that. I say, do you go to the store with exactly $299, $300? They say, no. I say, why not? They said, because of the taxes. Absolutely. Taxes is included as part of closing costs in your real estate transaction, along with other fees like the escrow fees, the title fees. Um, and there's some miscellaneous fees in there. You have city county transfer taxes. You have uh, private fees. So there's a list of fees in there. And when you open your transaction, you are due to have that fully disclosed to you as a buyer within three days of that um, of uh, submitting. So I wanted to share and address closing costs out of pocket because again, as I was covering as a buyer, you're going to have your credit report. You're gonna have your down payment. You're going to have your closing costs that's bundled, right? Some people may ask me, well, Lisa, well, how much would you consider uh, I save or what should I factor? I, because there are various programs available, we'd like to say anywhere from three to 6%, depending on what program. You can actually purchase using 1% using city and down payment programs. So check with your professional, check with your lender because not all lenders participate in those programs. They have to attend uh, trainings and courses every six months so that they can offer those city funding, uh, city funded programs. And that's the difference. So if one bank or lender tells you, no, we can't assist you, we don't have that program, that doesn't mean no, that you can't do it. It just means no, they won't do it. Okay, there's a difference. So now there's also the appraised value that I mentioned. The cost of the appraisal will run you anywhere from $500 to $800, depending on what type of loan you are using. That's VA loan, FHA loan, or conventional loan. And I'll come back and revisit loan types with you. I just wanted to just give you so you can hear some of the numbers of what's involved. And so with that, oh, let me come on here and shout out real game. Yes, Troy says real game. I'm, I am. I'm giving up some real game. Thank you. <laughs> I'm toggling between uh, two windows, uh, th really three screens right now. So I have my PowerPoint, I have uh, Facebook Live, and I have Instagram Live open. So thank you. Thank you, Troy, for uh, chiming in. So with that being said, there are the appraised values. Now, the other thing you need to consider in terms of out-of-pocket costs is um, specialty inspections. Specialty inspections are any inspections you go, you do above your general home inspection. So you want to get a specialized uh, inspection for plumbing. You want somebody to uh, uh, run a camera through the plumbing, uh, through the plum through the <laughs> pipes. Uh, make sure everything checks out. Uh, we've done specialty inspections before. They are expensive. The client ends up paying that. Is it worth it? Yes, because then you find out there's a tree that's busting through your pipeline, which is causing your your uh, a backup and the water flow to slow down and all kinds of things. So you have weird things happening in your sink. You definitely want to get a plumber to come out and check that out. Okay. And uh, who else? Specialty inspections. A roofer. Again, your general home inspector is a general home inspector. That's what it is. And he will defer you to the specialty inspectors, getting a roofer to come out here and tell you what's the lifeline left remaining on the roof. How much years do you have left? Very important to know. Uh, to also look how many layers they have put on the roof. Also, depending on you have flat roofs or pitch roofs, uh, depending on you know, different things. So very important to have those specialty inspections come out. And those are examples. The electrician specialty to come out and check the wiring, right? Uh, how old is it dated? How soon will you need to update and upgrade it? Uh, sometimes some people have done this as investors. They, they normally rely on their experience in professional GCs to come out and give estimates, give them the reports. 
so that they could uh, base their rehab costs and their investments and bottom line based on what the GC gives them. The GC is also known as the general contractor. So specialty inspection. So those are some examples. So when you come into a just fell out of escrow opportunity, these things are actually already, usually already available on file. Here's the reason why an appraisal would be, would be on file is because they've got so far to get the appraisal done. And then as you heard in my snippets and my notes, that the buyer could not perform. What does that mean? That means the buyer could not get the funding, could not get the loan. And it's not necessarily, it's funny because this is the buyer couldn't perform. I would probably have to look at the lender that they were working with because the lender gave them the pre-qualification, which is why I, I think on my next free webinar, we're gonna get into pre-qualification, pre-approvals and TBDs. There are three types of uh, qualifications and uh, none of them really have value unless you actually have someone guaranteeing and backing that they're gonna give you a loan. They're all just a piece of paper, which means nothing. So <laughs> I'm just, I mean, like that's real, for real. <laughs> Depending on who, who gave you that piece of paper, uh, cause you know, mortgage brokers can give you a pre-qualification letter, but if they're not giving you the loan, it means nothing. So some things to consider, some things to consider. All right, so in, in my slide right here, you see I have be like inspector gadget, especially with those reports and those due diligence opportunities. All right, uh, moving along. Sellers, here's what you need to know when you're in an opportunity uh, to sell your property and agents, I say sellers and agents, what the sellers need to know and what the agents need to know. Sellers complete the statement of information, disclose, disclose, disclose. Very important that you, when your, your professional works with you, qualified licensed real estate professional should work with you in getting all those documentations up front. Very important to get that up front in a timely manner so that we're not rushing for paperwork. But more importantly, the statement of information is the document where you are sharing what uh, what debts you have, liens you have, and it's really a record of your name, your social, because what happens is uh, title will run a report to see if there's anything that you have uh, that you owe. And so, yes, that includes baby mama, if you owe child support, <laughs> baby daddy, uh, alimony, and you stop paying, those things come up. You know, those things get those those things are attached to your name. So those things can affect uh, your bottom line and impact a transaction. Uh, other interested parties. So, for instance, when you do title transfers and you're adding someone a title that can impact the sale, because now the title company is now questioning the person that was added to title. You took them off, put it back on and you're doing all this back and forth to, to, to do the flim flam. Stop it. Don't do that. Agents, highly recommend you front load. This will make everybody's life easier. I know you get excited about taking the listings, which I still do get excited about taking listings. But before you put that property in the market, uh, we, as the buyer's agent, is relying on you to do your due diligence, do the homework, and make sure that you have the right parties who are authorized to sell that property, right? Especially in the cases of divorces. You have one property that uh, one partner, one former partner is selling and you don't have the signature of the other, you want to make sure that all parties are in agreement. Uh, normally that doesn't happen until the 11th hour and that form, that comes in the form of quick claim deeds and uh, grant deeds and different types of deeds to make sure that the title companies protecting themselves more, more importantly. More importantly, they're going to make sure they're covering their bottom line. So do the front load, do your homework. Sellers, make sure you don't wait. I know you kind of get anxious and feel like, well, why should I complete the paperwork? The buyer's only doing their home inspection at this time anyways. Uh, they may not even buy it. Well, if the intent is to sell the property, then you do your part. Let the buyer be concerned with what they're supposed to do. You be concerned with what you're supposed to do and, do, and get that paperwork filled out. That includes even getting your grant deed notarized. I oftentimes see in the transaction that's done at the last minute and everybody's ready for funding, everybody's waiting now to record, but we can't record because now we're waiting for the grant deeds to be notarized and delivered. And that has to be an original format. You can't scan, fax, or email that. That actually has to be an original. All righty. Moving along, moving along. Is this resonating with anyone? Is this helping? 
like I said, I just wanted to just give just give a goodie away, especially because I have a schedule of uh, webinars mapped out for third Saturday of each month. This one I've already covered in a webinar format, and uh, I've got some other awesome content that I think I'll be you're in the market to uh, sell, buy, or your industry professional, come on and just learn. And again, it's creating a space and environment so that we can support the industry in, in doing a great job, <laughs> you know, being better. We could do better. So I want to share this case study. Uh, actually, I'm using one of my own transactions, which I think was me learning how to walk on fire. As you can see this picture here, this is me learning how to walk on fire. One of my very tumultuous, challenging transactions, it was a six month escrow to be exact. And I had learned so much in this transaction. Thanks coach, David, David Plummer. He says, great info, happy, I'm happy, I'm happy to share. <laughs> uh, pulling out all the stops. And you know, I'm fortunate that I have uh, a great supportive team that I got to, you know, I, I get to bounce ideas off and kind of navigate through. And one of the things that I really attributed to actually locking this up was something that came up came up at the 11th hour. So let's let's let me just describe what has happened or what happened in this transaction. I love my clients, by the way. They're very happy with their home. I was representing them uh, as their buyer's agent, also known as the selling agent. I'm going to throw out some questions. And if you can answer them, I'll give you a free, uh, free, free book giveaways. Mail some books out. So one of the, right, what's the question? What, what's the name of the agent? What do you call the agent that represents the seller? Question, question, what's the name of the agent that represents the seller? Get that question right, I'll send you a book. Okay, so the seller, uh, I was representing the buyer and uh, this property had been on the market for, so D-O-M, uh, dropping a line, if you remember what D-O-M stands for, D-O-M, days on market. So it was on the market for 187 days and it was tenant occupied. And that's a whole nother conversation that we can discuss, which certainly we will. And actually I am covering that in a webinar. So buying tenant occupied property, some things that you should know and be aware of. Uh, a lot of risk and liability involved when you when you are transacting real estate, which is why I work with the professionals, work with the uh, qualified professionals, I would say. Troy says signing agent. No, close. I'll give you another shot. What is the name? Uh, what is the title of the agent that represents the seller? Okay. I said it about like a couple of times already when I first started. See if you're paying attention. I got you, Troy. I appreciate that. You're with me. So our buyer was using an FHA insured loan. And for you, uh, you typically know that as the first time home buyer uh, loan, right? And essentially, let's just let's just call it and, and learn it by what the HUD guidelines calls it. It just means you have not owned a property in the last three years. Last three years, you have not owned a property in the last three years. So again, by HUD guidelines and definition, if you had lost a property, albeit deed in, deed in lieu of foreclosure, foreclosure, or what have you, and you have not owned a property since then in the last three years, which means you've not written off the, the mortgage interest deduction in the last three years, you are now an eligible first time home buyer and you can actually use this, this uh, type of loan again. So I just, I, again, I'm huge about debunking misconceptions because I think that that blocks the opportunity for people to get back in the game when life happens. Because life does happen. Life happens every single day, which by the way, my fish had babies today, which I think, well, they didn't have it today, but I just realized my fish has baby Molly, Molly's. Like we're creating life here. That's awesome. That totally gave me life, by the way. I was totally inspired now. I was like, yes. I was like, this webinar is happening. I'm going in today. The Molly's had babies. The family's growing in the fish tank. <laughs> so uh, buyers using the FHA insured loan, the property condition uh, needed work. And so tenant occupied needed work. Uh, more importantly with this property, uh, during the appraisal, the FHA appraisal, so now there's a general home inspection and there's an FHA appraisal inspection. The FHA appraiser will call out things that they will note 
um, that will impact the insurability of that property. Because remember, FHA is an insured loan. They are guaranteeing the loan for the lender because you are putting less than 20% down, which makes you a risk because you're not highly vested in this. For example, $100, right? You bring in $3, I'm bringing 97. Who's more at risk? Me. So that's the position of the lender because you're only bringing three bucks. They're carrying 97. They're more at risk. So with the FHA insured loan, it allows them to, it, they're guaranteeing the loan in the event that you default, right? Because again, you're not highly, you're not as vested and, you know, you can just walk away and not really be impacted. But a, but a lender who is carrying the bulk of the financing is definitely at risk. So that's just a little blurb in the background of just how that works. And with that risk, there's a risk premium attached to it called the mortgage insurance premium. Currently, um, <laughs> those rates are pretty high right now. I believe the upfront mortgage insurance premium right now is 1.75. Don't quote me on it because I know they've done some changes. And then overall for the year and the life of the loan, it's 1.55. So we can uh, go back to that. I'll double check. Double check my notes. All right, so this property need, needed a roof certification. Why? Because there was evidence of there were leaks. There were leaks happening in the roof. And so the FHA appraiser said, hey, we want to make sure this property actually has a good two years left on it. And so we needed a roof certification, even though, um, even though that the property was being purchased in the FHA, using FHA insured loan. Uh, it could be done, it can be done, and it got done, by the way. I had an aha moment like late one night, actually, on how to do this. And we successfully closed this with an escrow holdback. And so with pooling funds together, we, and actually I had already gotten a bid. We got multiple bids from contractors and roofers on what will it take to just patch uh, the roof without having to put a, an entire new roof. And that was acceptable. So knowing something like that to make a transaction go through is very important. So we actually were able to successfully do that post closing the transaction. Let me say this, uh, I did forget to point out that everybody was suing everybody, right? So the uh, buyer, the seller was suing the tenants, right? In the form of a, of a legal eviction because they, once the 60 day notice had been up, they actually had did an aggressive takeover. They had ceased all communication with the landlord, the agent, and now they pretty much were holding property hostage <laughs> in so many ways. And it was now a fight. It was a fight. It was stressful for my clients now because they were anticipating moving into that property within 60 days. That didn't happen because the current tenants did not relocate at that time. So the seller now had to uh, proceed with doing a unlawful detainer, which is a legal eviction process. That can take anywhere from at minimum six months or more, depending on your local jurisdictions and uh, the guidelines regarding uh, landlord and tenant laws. So again, very important to work with the professionals that handle that, know how to manage and navigate you through it and support you through it. And yes, that became uh, out of pocket to the seller. It's now costing the seller to do that still their seller's tenants. Although what was interesting, the seller was trying to put that on my buyers and make them responsible for it, but we weren't having none of that. No, that's that's not how with how this works. So be careful when you're negotiating contracts and you're uh, agreeing to deliver a property vacant at close of escrow, especially if it's tenant occupied. Everybody's cooperative until it's time to go. Let me just say that. Everybody's all kumbaya until it's time to go. But here's something that you should put into perspective. For someone who's been renting for the last 10 to 15 years and have been paying below market rent rates, and now they have to relocate at a higher rate, it's going to be very stressful and difficult for them to relocate. And they may likely fight you on trying to relocate. So those things are, you, you have to keep that in mind. So we successfully uh, closed that with an escrow holdback, which is awesome. Uh, and that, that, was something that along with the brokers, the uh, attorneys, <laughs> my client had an, uh, my client brought an attorney, seller brought an attorney, the tenants had a, uh, a legal advocacy group, everybody had representation. You know, we're trying to negotiate this to get it done. One of the things that I focus on in a transaction is, um, you know, people can go back and forth with egos. 
and being upset and all in their emotions and feelings about things. Uh, however, one thing I like to pay attention to is what 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 is not being said. So one key thing that I knew we still had an opportunity to close this transaction is that they still had the seller's goal was still to sell. My buyer's goal was still to buy. So if that was still the goal, then we were going to fulfill that goal. And we successfully did that. Uh, they love their home, extremely uh, excited and happy. They've remodeled it since. And, um, you know, there was so much more, th there were more layered things that made that deal quite challenging, especially because while they were in escrow for that period of time, the property value actually went up, <laughs> which is interesting. We had locked it in at a great, great price. Why? Because I was paying attention to the DOM and the terms and conditions in which I negotiated for my client. So again, that was me learning to walk on fire, which uh, I definitely do this. Woohoo! Woohoo! So in close and summary, we talked about escrows and knowing the difference between independent versus non-independent. Uh, by the way, let me just recap because I was processing independent escrow company and settlement. So independent, independent escrow companies uh, definitely are run by Department of Corporations. Uh, they have uh, bonds to protect uh, clients' money from fraud and embezzlement. The uh, employees actually have to have a background check with the Department of Justice, uh, which is very important. And I think that's key. And uh, one of the things that I also like about working with independent companies and I advocate for independent companies is just the liability in general. You know, this industry is prevalent with wire fraud that you know you don't want to de deposit your money into to a company and then vam vamoosh that money's gone especially when our commissions is relying on escrow to to see to it that they pay out and cut those checks very important same thing for a seller those are things that you should be asking yourself and considering is this an independent company versus a non-independent company non-independent escrows can actually be run by a real estate broker uh, lending institution or direct lender mortgage broker, they can have their own in-house escrow company that also is operated by the rules and guidelines by the Department of Real Estate, which means they can employ any of their employees to run that escrow company. Uh, and they actually don't require background checks. So mm, way out the difference. Also with the escrow, with an independent escrow company, they do require to have someone um, on site and actually during business hours and that escrow officer or manager needs to at least have five years of escrow experience. So that for me makes me feel a little con uh, a little comfortable with knowing that. The BOM, so we talked about BOMs. What does BOM stand for? Troy says notary agent, no. So uh, I will give you the answer. So the answer of the seller that represents uh, the agent that represents the seller is known as the listing agent, the listing agent. Thanks, Troy. Uh, what about this one? B-O-M. What does B-O-M stand for? B-O-M. So we covered about pool of opportunities with the B-O-Ms and the just fell out of escrow. Uh, stop parroting folks and trying to, you know, get the REO list and the foreclosures and short sales and, you know, the probates and the auctions. There's tons of opportunities. Here's one pool that I'm just suggesting you focus on. Why? Because for buyers, it creates a cost savings for you, gives you an opportunity to know what you're getting into before really fully vesting, financially, that is. And sellers, be reminded, I am reminding you here and now and forever, disclose, disclose, disclose. Uh, that's huge for, for us, right? Disclose what you know of the property, disclose of any debts or liens that you have against you because you can't run forever. That stuff does come up. And agents, as a professional, one professional to another, please front load when you're taking these listings. Make sure you do the due diligence and the homework. Uh, that way we don't put a property under contract that actually can't, doesn't have enough money in the deal to, to close, which means because the seller uh, because the seller's got different things impacting the bottom line, uh, commissions maybe might be too high uh, impacting the bottom line. There are uh, other parties that have a vested interest in that property that need to sign off and have not or will not. And now that's a legal matter. So again, these are reasons why as an agent from an agent to agent and professional in the industry, 
make sure you're front loading these properties. That way we don't get tied up in escrow and wasting each other's time. All right. We're professionals. All right. So, you know, Troy, I just appreciate your participate participation. Make sure you DM me your contact information. Send me an email to Lisa at LASuperagent.com. I am gifting you a copy. Oh, he got the answer. BOM is back on market. Absolutely. You just want a free copy of Just Fell Out of Escrow, Top 5 Reasons a Property Does Not Sell. Make sure you get in touch with me so I can uh, ship that out to you. Thank you all again for taking your Wednesday afternoon on this special broadcast of Ready, Set, Real Estate, where I have just offered you a free webinar. You never know what we're going to do on this show. I've given so much content and opportunity for you to level up, get the information, make the informed, intelligent decisions. Again, I am your host, facilitator, presenter, Lisa Puerto, California licensed professional. And thank you for joining me on this special broadcast of our Ready, Set, Real Estate webinar. I must add to, oh, uh, there's actually on Barnes and Noble, you can grab the ebook of Ready Set Real Estate for $1.88. And uh, great stuff in there. Like I said, there's gems. There's gems in there. Gems of opportunities uh, to learn how to negotiate. Troy's like, yay. <laughs> you did that. Exactly. You did that. So again, uh, if you, if you, don't care to have the print printed copy? No worries. I'm ebook friendly. Um, the Nook book is $1.88 on Barnes and Noble. Just go ahead and type in Ready Set Real Estate, and it's yours. It is yours. It's in there. All right, y'all. I trust you had um, a great time. I know I did. And make sure you sign up to the uh, Ready Set Real Estate webinar schedule. You can check that out at Ready Set Real Estate webinars dot eventbrite.com the schedule is up for the entire year third saturday of each month if you found value in anything that i've shared today make sure you drop a comment share like subscribe download leave a feedback let somebody know what we're doing on this show i appreciate you guys and i'll see you next time next week wednesdays at 11 on ready set real estate